from Manhattan Associates, this is Nucleus of Innovation, the retail and supply chain podcast where we tackle some of the most important topics in the industry and learn how leaders are managing their supply chain challenges every day. I'm your host, Chris Shaw. I'd like to give a quick reminder to all our listeners that we're adjusting our podcast a bit for the next few weeks as we focus on the impacts and the outcomes of COVID-19 and what that will mean for manufacturers, distributors, and retailers in both the near and long term. So you'll be getting a short form of our podcast, but the plan is to do a whole lot more of them for you. I want to apologize today in advance for any audio discrepancies. All of us on the podcast here are quarantined at home, just like you. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how store-based fulfillment can keep retail moving in these difficult times. I'd like to welcome back Jeff Ball, our senior retail industry leader at Manhattan Associates. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Glad to be here again. And introduce Amy Tennant, who is our order management and store fulfillment solutions leader here at Manhattan. Welcome, Amy. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Now, we are recording this episode on April 9th, and things could be drastically changed by the time you are listening to it. But right now, the last three weeks have been incredibly tumultuous for the retail industry as they navigate the fallout of the coronavirus pandemic. Their customers, their employees, and their local governments as well. Those that are considered essential are in many cases seeing tremendous volumes of orders, and others have seen their demand volumes reduced significantly. Now, Amy, you coordinate an industry council pretty regularly focused on order management and fulfillment. Could you give us a little insight into some of the things that they've been most challenged by recently as they try to adjust to either drastic reductions in throughput or perhaps volumes that are even eclipsing peak season? Certainly. So during these times, um, you know, I talk uh, quite often with the group, our group of um, customers that are part of the council and individual customers. And I think there's a couple, three areas that we see um, immense amount of challenge around uh, related to inventory and fulfillment. Um, the first being really trying to understand and under- ensure that the business is able to do the right thing for their employees and their organization. It's an incredibly fluid environment where recommendations and regulations by municipal and state government, public health officials are changing daily and even in some cases hourly. You know, they're put in these situations of having to, you know, finding out that they need to close a DC, all their stores in a particular area, and having to do so within a matter of hours. As, as little as, you know, far, four to six hours. And so this causes challenges for retailers to really understand which locations can be used to fulfill orders and how can they be used. Can they be used with a subset of uh, capacity, with a full staff? Generally not. The second is really the volumes of fulfillment demands that they're seeing right now uh, were not forecasted. Um, they're not expected, and this is driving challenges related to the planning and the di- distribution of inventory. So we see the movement of inventory from the DCs to the stores, um, situations where we're moving it out of the stores and back to the DCs, from DCs to 3PLs, um, the reprioritization of the fulfillment network and, and how they're going to be using their 3PLs and their dropship vendors in addition to their stores. And finally, the capacity or the staffing to fulfill these orders is changing daily as well. So on a daily basis, um, it's virtually impossible to forecast accurately 
how many um, orders can be fulfilled by a particular location and how many stores they can actually leverage from a fulfillment perspective. And then finally, um, we also see challenges on the reverse logistics side um, where, you know, should I really be, should I still continue to accept returns? Should I extend the, the return period for how long? How do I process them differently moving forward? Um, should I start you know, sending it all back to the DC and when do we ex- expect to see these spikes in returns down the road and how do I want to plan uh, my inventory, my fulfillment optimization as a result of this expected income? I think that's an interesting point and some, something that we don't really think about a lot. We certainly think about staffing and you bring up something interesting with the returns process, but I think what resonated with me most there was the difference by location. The fact that my business agility and my organizational structure is literally different, not only by state, but even by city within state. That's got to be incredibly difficult right now. Jeff, we talked in a previous episode about the impact that this level of disruption has created. And we speculated on the long-term ramifications of adjusting to that impact. But in the short term, the severity and the swiftness that Amy talked about of the coronavirus pandemic has caused an entire retail market around the world to rethink their operations almost overnight, especially when it comes to fulfilling their orders. What is the most important thing for retailers to try and get a handle on right now to try and weather the storm in the near term? Yeah, so uh, your, your term, weather the storm, is, is a good one uh, because I, I see two clear segments in, in the retail uh, industry. You've got the the segment that is is under siege because they've got just too much demand, and you know that's your grocery uh, segment. And and for them, they're they're just looking for ways to keep everybody in a healthy situation to execute on their processes and and be able to fulfill uh, based on their supply chain. So they're really just trying to get a handle around that. Uh, and, and most of them, I see a lot of them making quick changes. A lot of it is procedural, uh, and, and that's what they need to do to, to keep, keep moving there. The second segment is, is really everybody else. And you, you look at specialty and, and apparel and, and general merchandise, stuff like that, where they, they, a lot of them have shut stores totally. Uh, and, and so for them, They've got to take a quick assessment of what their fulfillment capabilities are. Uh, we've seen a number of retailers who didn't have pickup in store capabilities, and they're gluing and, and piecing things together to, to manually make that possible to just stay alive. Uh, and so I, most of those retailers have to take a quick assessment of what their fulfillment capabilities are, uh, and then in many cases, they're going to have to do just that, glue things together to try to keep things alive. Uh, hopefully, they've got some agility. They can make some adjustments in their systems and, and make it a little more fluid, uh, but that's go- going to be key. Uh, and then finally, they've, they've got to look at their inventory. If you've got a specialty retailer that has seasonal inventory, they've got to quickly decide what their inventory plan is going to be. Are they going to discount and and try to move that inventory uh, so they can get some revenue in, some level of revenue in uh, based on their fulfillment capabilities. How are they going to take that to the, to the market? Uh, or are they going to hunker down and save that uh, and maybe use that that uh, that inventory next next year when the season comes back? And we've seen a couple that have said, hey, they're going to, to pack it away uh, and and not discount it and and use it next year. So 
you know, based on fulfillment, based on inventory plan, you can decide how you're going to, to, to stay alive. So Amy, Jeff mentioned gluing the pieces together from fulfillment. And we, we know a large number of retailers already had initiatives to utilize their stores for a wider variety of fulfillment. They were either already doing so prior to the pandemic and the quarantines, or they were on the way to doing that. Do you see this disruption in particular as some of the things that Jeff mentioned, highlighting the need for adaptation and flexibility when it comes to inventory and fulfillment? Will retailers strive to become more sophisticated when it comes to store-based fulfillment after something like COVID-19? Yeah, I think, you know, absolutely this situation is highlighting the importance of flexibility and agility, not only from um, like across the board, right? It has to be flexibility and agility from a process perspective, from a tooling perspective, from an operations perspective, software, um, from even as simple as how do you how do you um, define what an, an MVP implementation of something is um, in this environment where it's the need is there for retailers to be able to do all these things very quickly. Um, because they need, and I mean quick, like not days I'm, and weeks, I mean days and minutes and hours, right? So being able to dynamically adapt um, has certainly never been so pronounced and highlighted. And I think, you know, it's pretty uh, incredible to see that, you know, the organizations that have been able to leverage the tools they have in place and the solutions they have in place and, and from an organization um, operationally look at things a little different in this in this type of environment. Um, it's amazing, you know, the speed at which, you know, some of these um, retailers have been able to uh, focus and and uh, change the way they do things, whether that means adding stores as fulfillment locations, if they haven't already been doing so. Um, it might mean, you know, flipping to BOPIS to curbside pickup where that is appropriate and in, in spaces where, you know, that offering is, uh, you know, the is something that's acceptable to be happening right now or is embraced to be happening right now. Um, but let me give a few more examples. So, you know, when we're closing the, when some of these retailers are in situations, they have to close the DC at the end of the day. There's a great deal of uh flexibility that's required from a solutioning perspective and an um, what is in place in these environments to be able to react to that. I need to redirect all these orders. I need to pull them out of the DC. I'm going to have to send them to a subset of stores. Which set of stores should I send them to? How do I, you know, which levers do I pull to turn those stores on and push those um, orders down to those stores? Um, we have other situations where we've seen, you know, we close all the stores with our some customers that are doing store fulfillment, closing all the stores, and then as a result of that, closing all stores for fulfillment, and then, you know, dynamically reopening a subset of stores a few days later. Um, and then even just determining, you know, what capacity these stores um, have to fulfill orders based on the size of these stores, the, um, you know, ensuring social distancing remains in place and protecting their employees. Um, so I think th you know, this all sort of highlights is the, the need to have, you know, organizationally everything from, you know, your processes, your operations, uh, your solutions and your tools to be um, you know, highly uh, flexible and agile in this type of environment. The other thing that I think that we see that is uh, not specifically focused on store fulfillment, but uh, when we look at fulfillment optimization, 
imagination and being able to play with the levers and, and react to these situations is, you know, the stores in the DC, but also, you know, a lot of um, uh, folks I've talked to are also experiencing challenges where, you know, vendors aren't uh, able to ship things um, in time because they're backed up or they're getting additional load or their DC needs to close. So it's not just uh, about, you know, how do I incorporate the stores? It's all of my fulfillment network. And, um, you know, if the, the, the vendor may may not be able to fulfill the orders and then also, you know, is my 3PL still, if I'm using 3PL, 3PL are they still capable, capable of fulfilling the orders? So I think overall, you know, this uh, really, um, you know, has put um, retailers in a situation where, um, you know, end to end across the board, everything needs to be able to to, to be able to be dynamic um, in this type of environment. Yeah, I think the takeaway in a number of these podcasts we've done and listening to a lot of experts such as yourself is that innovating for agility is is a worthy investment, whatever comes next. Okay, Jeff. Assuming we have the virus under control in a few months, and we seem to be trending in that direction, what lasting impacts will there be from this global switch to digital commerce and those adjusted fulfillment strategies for consumers that Amy was talking about? What will they expect to retain? Well, overall, uh, most consumers are creatures of habit, and getting them to change is, is challenging, and retailers have been working and introducing new capabilities and seeing limited uptake. So, so what we're seeing now is, is people are forced into uh, a digital experience of shopping. Uh, they're, they're ordering things online that they've never uh, ordered online before. They're going through new methods of fulfillment that they've never gone through before. And I absolutely think that's going to continue. Uh, once people have gotten used to it, they, they see it works. They're, they're, you know, they're uh, more comfortable with it. They're going to continue to use it. So, so I fully expect that you know, these things are here to stay. Uh, the challenge for retailers is going to, uh, to continue to enhance what those capabilities are. So they, they need to look for additional ways to make them seamless and make them convenient and, and to virtualize the shopping experience. Uh, so somebody who's digitally shopping for all types of different uh, uh, goods can can kind of experience what they're going to purchase that they would see when when they're there live if they were shopping in the store. Uh, and the the other thing that's going to be a challenge for retailers is 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 getting value. Uh, most of online shopping it's very price competitive. Uh, so if if you're going to do that, then you you really need to drive to an omni-channel experience where they can buy some things online. And then when they come to have that seamless experience on picking it up in the store, how else can you drive additional sales, uh, which more than likely will have more value to them, some, some profit to them that, that retailers can get out of it. And, and all during that has to be seamless and convenient and for the, the shopper. So we're going to see more digital uh, engagement. We just need to make it more multi-channel so that we can get more value out of it as retailers. Amy, anything else you think we will expect from retailers as a result of our experiences during the pandemic? 
Yeah, I think I think Jeff was spot on, you know, that uh, consumers are, are creatures of habit. And um, I think, you know, if we take, for example, something like curbside pickup that traditionally has only been offered by, you know, big box and grocery, um, it has popped up in mass over, you know, the last three weeks and from very small businesses to, you know, the paint store to, you know, fabric stores and craft stores. Um and, and a, a bunch of other retailers who have converted bocas offerings to curbside with various uh, degrees of sophistication. But the point being, I think, you know, that in various segments, we will see, you know, that the expectations of these types of offerings will continue ex- to exist and being able to, um, you know, pick up um, product that uh, from the store without having to, you know, uh, leave my car and without having uh, to go into the store. I think consumers will to will continue to continue to expect that and and continue to expect that offering to be, you know, improved and 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 have less friction associated with it um, as time moves on. I think the other thing is that retailers are really showing us um, that with you know, with this strong focus and this uh, dedication to, you know, changing their processes and um, the ones that have some strong tooling in place, um, these new types of offerings and the ability to dynamically change, you know, how they want to fulfill their orders and change the way they want to um, optimize their strategies um, can really be done with great speed. And uh, I think it's really, um, you know, interesting to see um, the speed at which people are now um, able to make these changes within their organizations. Well, Amy and Jeff, that's all the time we have for on this episode, but I want to thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, same here. Thank you. Thank you.